Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Chopsticks Restaurant in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you'd lived in the United States in the early 1900s, you would have been part of a fierce debate about alcohol. For many years, there were people in Washington, D.C. and all across the country who believed that alcohol was a drug that was so bad for us that for our own good, it should be totally banned. Eventually, the argument won out. In January 1920, alcohol was banned for sale or consumption in the United States. It was outlawed by a constitutional amendment. The 18th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States prohibited the existence of alcohol. The era that followed saw a tumultuous response to the ban. It included bootlegging, the rise of organized crime that controlled the underground alcohol industry, and the sale in stores of what was known as medicinal whiskey. Eventually, 13 years later, the 21st Amendment to the Constitution of the United States repealed prohibition. A hundred years from now, when someone is sitting behind a microphone somewhere recounting the history of cannabis and cannabis products in the United States, what do you think they'll say about where we are today on the timeline of events? To help answer that question and to tell us perhaps where we're going with the future of cannabis products like CBD, hemp and marijuana, I'm joined by two of Acadiana's leading exponents of cannabis products and of marijuana, Dr. Chad Rossiter and Travis DeYoung. Travis is probably the better known because he's been the focus of both media and law enforcement action for a good chunk of early 2019. Travis opened a storefront called Cajun Cannabis in the spot where Radio Shack used to be on Johnson Street. Travis opened Cajun Cannabis to sell products made from the non-psychoactive version of cannabis plant material. That is, cannabis products that won't get you high. These products were made legal by a 2018 federal law called the Farm Act. The Farm Act legalized growing cannabis and processing it into products like hemp and CBD oil. However, for some reason, which perhaps Travis can explain to us, local law enforcement didn't believe the federal applies to us, so they seized Travis' cannabis products and arrested him. Today, Cajun Cannabis is back open and in business, and I can attest that Travis is at liberty because he's sitting across the table from me. Travis, welcome to Out to Lunch. Welcome. Thank you for having me. In a growing number of states and in the entire nation of Canada, marijuana is legal. That's the same marijuana that, according to federal law, is a Schedule One drug. It is defined federally as having no medicinal value and a high potential for abuse. The active ingredient in marijuana is called THC, and that's the chemical that gets you high. THC is also the acronym for a medical doctor's clinic with offices in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, Bossier City, and Lake Charles. THC stands for Total Health Clinic. The name and the link to the active ingredient in marijuana is intentional. Total Health Clinic describes itself as plant-centered medical clinic where doctors are licensed by the state of Louisiana to prescribe medical marijuana. The founder of Total Health Clinic is Dr. Chad Rossiter. Chad, welcome to Out to Lunch. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Travis and Chad, this is a show about business, so we're going to talk about the business side of both of your endeavors. But before we do that, I think it's important for us all to understand why you're involved in this groundbreaking work with what appears to be such missionary zeal. I want to start by asking you both the same question. 
what are the properties of marijuana and of cannabis-derived products that you believe in so strongly that you would go to jail for it, Travis, and that you would devote your entire medical training to it, Chad? What's the big deal here? Uh, I definitely uh, I believe in the healing properties of cannabis. With the proliferation of the pharmaceutical industry and people's suffering, um, I believe that traditional pharmaceutical medicine has perpetuated people's suffering and um, not been a good turnout for the general public. And I believe that this is, you know, uh, the healing properties of it. Once the law enforcement and community and the country grow more accepted of cannabis, I believe the controversy will disappear from it. But you don't sell cannabis, right? Yes. Yeah, so uh, what we sell is we sell hemp-derived products. Okay, hemp is a subpart of cannabis. So it's like dogs. You know, we have over time humans have bred dogs. We've got dachshunds. We got Great Danes. We bred these animals. You know, to for different purposes. It's the same thing what we did with marijuana and hemp. We commercialized cannabis, called it marijuana, right, to produce high yields of THC. We industrialized cannabis and made hemp grew it outside to grow tall, long stalks that we could use it for industrial purposes. And uh, so, yes, hemp-derived products are still a cannabis product. Same, same, way, same way marijuana is a cannabis as well. So hemp and marijuana are both part of cannabis. Chad, why are you involved in this industry, and how different is what you do from what Travis does? Uh, very different. I'm a double board certified physician, uh, own my own practice uh, as far as a nephrology practice is very successful. And then um, founder and owner of the Total Health Clinics. Um, what we do is we're basically the gatekeepers um, for recommendations for patients to receive the marijuana. Um, patients have to come through a physician, have a certified de chronic debilitating condition that meets the qualifications according to the state of Louisiana and then be certified by a physician who has underwent the process and, and got their certification through the state to become uh, where they can recommend uh, medical or medicinal marijuana to their patients. So you've been through a lot of training? 14 years worth of training total. Um, like I said, I trained internal medicine here at LSU and then uh, went to Houston Methodist and trained uh, nephrology and then did interventional nephrology also. Uh, my patients with end-stage renal disease, they're on dialysis. They receive hemodialysis three times a week. Uh, they all have wasting syndrome of some sort. Uh, their albumins are very low. They have no appetite. Uh, this is part of the end-stage renal disease process that happens to our patients. Um, with the weight loss, you know, of course, they have the muscle uh, atrophy that occurs, and we try to stimulate their appetite with synthetic medications such as Megase. Uh, when medical marijuana came about, and it was a... Um, going to be available, I found interest that I could receive, my, some of my patients could receive this medication instead of Megase and maybe decrease their pill burden. Uh, right now, my, some of my patients take a handful of pills three to four times a day. So this would decrease the pill burden and it has been shown to stimulate the appetite in many ways. And that originally is what got my foot in the door. You got into it because it was the best thing for your patients? Yes. And then also I have an underlying passion driving more so. I have a uh, with this opioid epidemic that's occurring now that we see 115 deaths every single day. This is a gateway to get off of opioids. I've seen so many patients that have came to me with chronic intractable pain, uh, you know, a pain that's not controlled with um, Dilaudid, uh, Demerol, Percocet, Lortabs, um, on these medications for 15, 20 years. 
go to a state that's legal in, obtain the medic, obtain medical marijuana, and completely off of all these meds. Better pain relief and a better lifestyle up to their enjoying life once again. I'm fascinated because normally when we talk about things like this, we take, talk about them being a gateway drug to other drugs. Yeah, it's a gateway the, drug it's a off gateway of drugs. From drugs. Yes, correct. That's fascinating. Travis, how did how did this all happen for you? How did you first uh, get interested? Well, the reason I got I started Cajun Cannabis was to provide a, a platform for education, um, a marketplace of confidence and transparency, to take advantage of the extreme um, opportunity to introduce cannabis uh, responsibly to the Acadiana area and to give them a place where, like I said, they could come and confidently learn about the products, buy the products, know exactly what they're getting, um, and... Uh, be also an icon for advocacy as well. Um, so was it a bit cheeky of you to put cannabis in the name of your store? Oh, absolutely. Um, I knew... I, it's cheeky, a very English se- word, isn't it? Seven years ago, uh, real quick, I'll run through it. Seven years ago when uh, Washington and Colorado both legalized uh, adult-use cannabis, you know, everybody was saying at the time, oh, I'd love to be in the cannabis industry. I'd love to open up a dispensary. And I, I even told my friends, I was like, man, I'd, I'd like to own a dispensary one day. This was seven years ago. He said, man, he's like, there's a lot more people doing a lot more about it than you. And it pretty much told me to sit up or shut up. And uh, so I didn't say, I, you know, I kind of, yeah, I was right. There's more people doing more about it than me. There's people advocating for it. There's people going to the Capitol and, you know, calling representatives. I wasn't doing any of that. Fast forward to about a year ago, my father passed away. I was doing financial advising, and uh, I had to go to Shreveport to uh, clean out my father's house. It took me about a month to clean out his house, and uh, it got me thinking about my legacy, you know, my father's legacy, and then, you know, got me thinking of my own legacy. And, uh, you know, I was started thinking about what my friend had told me that time. You know, there's a lot more people doing a lot more about it than me, so I decided at that time, I was like, it's time for someone to introduce cannabis to Louisiana uh, and take a step forward and stop, you know, people are getting CBD oils and all other kinds of, in my crap from vape shops, gas stations, just different, you know, uncertified products, no lab reports, no one knows what a COA is, no one knows what CBD even stands for, and it's just, it's the wild west, and people are, you know, they don't know if it's hemp oil, if it's hemp seed oil, is it CBD oil, like what, you know, is there heavy metals in there, are the pests, you know, what has gone into So it into is this? the Wild West, so can you two just clarify for the people listening, CBT, THC, we're talking about Those are things. cannabinoids, those are molecules produced by the plant when it flowers. Um, Dr. Rossiter could probably yeah, go so into Yeah, so we have an endocannabinoid system, uh, it was actually discovered in the early 90s. Um, THC was discovered in the 60s um, by a scientist, a, a physician. So come to find out, we have this natural occurring biological system that's all through our bodies. Um, we have a presynaptic and a postsynaptic end where we synthesize these fat-soluble um, molecules, let's call it, and we produce these receptors, CB1 receptor and CB2 receptor. So in nanamide in 2-AG, are naturally synthesized by the body. A nanomod receptor it will bind to the CB1, CB2 receptors. THC is like a janitor who has a million keys and one lock to get in. One of those keys is gonna fit even if it's not the right key, just by the odds. That's what has happened with marijuana. They figured out that marijuana is basically going and fitting in this slot that it shouldn't fit in normally 
that our body naturally produces, and this led to the discovery of the endocannabinoid system. So this endocannabinoid system regulates mood, basically homeostasis, mood, energy, uh, pain, um, and depolarization of neurons, increase uh, dopamine uh, secretion, as well as uh, decreasing the GABA effect on, in some cases. So there's a lot of medicinal medical properties uh, for it, and actually the U.S. government patented the neuroprotective properties of uh, medical marijuana. So do you think there are startling things to come as people research more and more into marijuana? Do you oh, think yeah. it's going to produce results that we don't even expect now? Yes, I think so. I think there's a lot of potential here um, for, you know, getting into more research and figuring out, um, you know, what we don't currently know, uh, interactions with other medications, other disease states that actually can benefit from its use and getting the dose regulated uh, in some cases. So where do you both, and forgive me, because this is a complicated thing that we're trying to simplify. It's a complex and there's a lot to talk about. Where do you both stand legally? I'm presuming you're both completely legal in everything you do, so let's start there. But what are the legal implications in what you're both doing? How are you different? Well, from a medical standpoint, we are a doctor's office. Um, legally, we operate 100% by the law and just go above and beyond if we can in some cases. So I said earlier you prescribed marijuana, you don't, you recommend. Yeah, it's illegal to prescribe marijuana you know, from a physician to a patient. Uh, we can only recommend it, and that gives us, uh, the, I guess, the loophole not to be held, um, because it is a Schedule One product. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Dr. Chad Rossiter from Total Health Clinic and Travis DeYoung from Cajun Cannabis. We'll be back after this very brief break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Dr. Chad Rossiter from Total Health Clinic and Travis DeYoung from Cajun Cannabis. Travis. Can I ask a question? Yes, of course. Um, I've, because I've intentionally uh, avoided it, I don't really know that much about the medical marijuana side of it. Um, I know, you know, kind of what they can and can't sell or prescribe or recommend. But do y'all actually recommend, like, dosages or y'all, is it just a yes recommendation on cannabis or no and then they allow they can choose their own dosages or their own uh ingestible method or how, how does that and what, what also what are the types of ingestible uh ingestion methods that y'all good questions and uh this is a common question by our patients that we you know especially with experienced users uh first and foremost uh it's going to be available at first as a tincture uh, just got approved in the, a bill for it for the inhalation through a meter dose inhaler. So that's going to look just like an albuterol inhaler. Um, that's going to be uh, available. Usually those, dose, those doses range from 2.5 milligrams up to a 10 milligram dose of THC. Um, now, as far as recommending dosage, yes, a physician has to do it. We're different than other states. Other states, the physician just certifies the patient has a medical condition. The pharmacist or the bud tender, when they go in there and get their medication, uh, will recommend what they take, the dosage, how often, frequency, route, and all that. Um, in Louisiana, it's kind of backwards. We don't have medical courts here in Louisiana, and we do not have uh, a pharmacist that will recommend a dose. The doctor has to recommend the dosage, the route, uh, delivery method, the frequency, and um, you know how much he's going to actually dispense to you. Now we're going to have um, you know naive patients versus patients that have been on it for a while. Yeah, the, range, the dose range is going to um, definitely be a wide window there. I would say um, 
I'm going to start low and go slow and titrate them to a dose that, you know, is therapeutic for them, controlling their symptoms. We're not out to get our patients high. We're here to control their chronic intractable pain. A lot of these patients still want to work every day. They still want to See, I think have... the press we get is people are just going to come to you, make up a, an injury just to be able to get cannabis. Yeah, well, that's, that's great, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can see through that, right? Well, no. We require a few other things. Like I said, we go above and beyond. So they have to have seen another doctor, physician, nurse practitioner prior to coming to see us with documentation from another healthcare provider to show them that they have that debilitating disease process. Furthermore, uh, medical marijuana is not a first-line therapy. If it's something that just happened to you, you have got to have already tried conventional therapy, failed conventional therapy, no matter how dangerous, you know, some may consider that to be, then use this. That's what I don't totally agree with. Um, some patients don't want to go down that path to put a, a medication in their body that could actually harm them and cause further damage uh, or negative side effects that is worse than their current condition they're treating. But that's the case that's required by the State Board of Louisiana is that they try other methods first, conventional therapy. But that could change over time. Yes. It could if they loosen the regulations. So, Travis, when you open a business, you tend to look at kind of your target audience and who is going to come to your store. Who are those people? I would say about 80% of my clients are going to be 45 and older, looking for relief, looking for 30 seconds of a better quality of life. They're not looking for to get high. They're not looking to do anything illegal. They're not, they, they, like Dr. Roster said, they're looking to go to work. They're looking to ease the pain without intoxication. They want the healing without the ha. So both of you are in this brand new area. So a lot of your business, as well as selling and making a living, it's education. How are you Absolutely. getting that? Do you reach out on social media? How are you educating people so they know to come to you? So I have a I have a large space. I actually have the largest uh, cannabis retail store in Louisiana. And I take advantage of that by I have a, I have a history of cannabis wall that I have stuff from the prohibition leading up to the, you know, documents that are, you know, are changing such as the Cole Memorandum and other stuff. Um, but I also have a wall of education that, uh, that it, it's, it's a work in progress, but it's a, it's a, uh, that I can help people distinguish cannabis, uh, you know, in hemp and marijuana, distinguish them. Uh, what are the, uh, I also have products that show, you know, what we can make hemp out of, such as apparel, uh, whether it's, like I said, apparel. We have clothing, we have paper, but I also have products that appeal to the younger uh, crowd, such as the sodas and, um, and like I said, the hemp apparel. People, you know, they like the sustainability as we're moving into that green era. And uh, cannabis is such a self-sustaining product. It takes decades to grow trees to tear down for paper, but you can, you can do... A crop of cannabis from 90 to 120 days, you know, and it, that's very sustainable. Dr. Rossiter. Yes, from our standpoint, education is 90% of their visit to the doctor's office, mm -hmm. um, educating them about getting a negative stigma away from it, educating them that they're not going to get a joint when they walk out of my office to go smoke it. Do you or find people your last result or earlier in the process now? You know, um, I see it, I see them all throughout, but. Mostly, I would say 70% of our patients are due to intractable pain, and these guys have pretty much exhausted everything with a new push on the opioids uh, by the federal government. 
uh, doctors are shying away from uh, or prescribing opioids now and decreasing their meds left and right on these patients that have been on it for 10 years, 15 years. They have nothing else to do. They don't know what to do to control their pain. So they're they're being pretty much forced in to try this as an alternative. And most of them, are they told about it from a friend? It's not something you can blast all over social media and say, come here if you're in pain. Or how do you reach people to get them to come to your office? Well, they reach us. Uh, we have a website and... You know, I always ask the patient whenever I'm in the room, usually at the end, how did you find us or at the beginning of the visit? And usually through searching the uh, internet for uh, medicinal, they've heard it from a family member, a friend, uh, their neighbor, let them try some. Uh, their mother, you know, their mother-in-law lives in California and they went and visited and stopped by a recreational shop one time and found their pain was relieved with a gummy. One. So you said, that, yeah, you said they're not going to walk out with a joint. How is it processed? So you take the marijuana, is it a gummy, is it tablets? How do they take that? Yeah, so in Louisiana, it's going to, it's legal for uh, oral consumption as far as a tincture, uh, edible form. They will not be putting it into gummy bears, but they will put it into an edible form capsule, a tablet, uh, as well as topicals, suppository. And now with the new bill passing, uh, inhalation through a meter dose inhaler. Um, the medication, when it is, if it ever is released, it's going to be released as a tincture. Uh, and that's a sublingual drop underneath the tongue. Uh, we start with that um, and work it up, titrate it from there. Uh, education, we, myself as well as other physicians, including Dr. Degater, have made a survival guide. This is our rough draft. We're still working on it currently, but uh, for personal journal to medical marijuana, uh, the medicinal and the medical end of it, uh, mechanisms of action, side effects, um, what we can treat with this, um, and where's the proof at in the, you know, as far as there's studies saying that it's going to treat this uh, element that you have. So education is not just to the people that may come in and buy your, you know, services. It's to everyone around you at this moment. Everyone. I feel everyone. I feel I've been hugely discriminated against just because of the fact I want to help patients, you know, at the end of the day. And these patients are very grateful that somebody has stepped up to open, you know, these clinics to provide them this resource, an alternative to what they're currently receiving or like you said, if they have, let's say they have cancer in stage, uh, this can be their last hope or can help them get through these hard times. And, I, and I think I've been targeted because of my bold, of, of, I'm, I'm, no one else is doing as bold as I am. You did put the name cannabis in your business that of doesn't course, sell well, cannabis. I'm not going to obscure it. You know, um, I, did a, I, I did my own personal study where I, I researched uh, hundreds of different people in the Lafayette area about what they think about the name cannabis and, and they overwhelmingly over 90 percent wanted cannabis in the name they don't want it something obscure they, they're going into something they want to know what it is and um and i didn't want to obscure i didn't want to name it something i don't want to duck it off in, a, in, in some corner of some shopping center that's not i'm not trying to contribute to the stigma i'm trying to say hey here we are we're ready for it like this is what the people want half cajun half cannabis our logo half cajun half cannabis you know, we're not, like I said, we're not trying to hide from We understand the power of this plant, and we're not, like I said, again, we're not trying to contribute to the stigma. So let me ask a question, and you can refuse to answer this. Did getting arrested actually help your business? Um, the publicity around it? I'll say this. In the past month, there's no one in the parish of Lafayette that hasn't mentioned the word cannabis or heard it several times. So we are actively destigmatizing it almost overnight. I think it has helped his business. I didn't know what his name was prior to that. Right. Or See? even that Cajun cannabis so, besides one picture. So now. Um, as far knows. as helping business, uh, 
they confiscated over fifty thousand dollars of the product, and I'm a hundred percent owner. And so I had to, as far as helping, I, I started off with very skeleton uh, product line when I opened back up. But people know who I am. Uh, it's, it scared a lot of people to even come back into place. Uh, I've talked to a couple of customers once I was arrested. They went and they threw their CBD oil down the drain. And it's, it's, just, it's just funny that we're in 2019 and you have customers out there fearing law enforcement because of CBD oil. But walking into your shop is no more illegal than walking into it when it used to be Radio Shack. Correct. Yeah, uh, and there's actually businesses around the area still selling more aggressive products than I am. Um, there's, a lic- there's licensed ATC retail permits selling THC products. But um, I, uh, it, it, I was targeted because of my bold advertising, my, my base that I've created, my location. But I you mean, were like, willing to be targeted to be the first I, one out there. I absolutely there. knew the risks involved. If somebody arrives at your office, what is the process they go through? Basically, it's a doctor's appointment where you get evaluated by a physician, a certified physician to recommend medical marijuana. Um, after reviewing medical records, doing a physical exam, a review of symptoms with you, um, then you are uh, basically followed up every three to six months uh, if you are approved for the medical so marijuana. So it's just like any other doctor's? A little bit different, but pretty much. When, when the patient gets finished at the end of the appointment, if they're approved, um, we will fax their recommendation dr- directly to the pharmacy, and there's none across the state. We do not have any medical marijuana, CBD, or anything in our clinics. About the only thing we can say for certain about the future of CBD, hemp, and marijuana here in Louisiana is that things are going to change. Whether we join the states who totally legalize all CDB products and marijuana, or we end up somewhere on the list of outcomes, Travis and Chad, I'm sure you and your groundbreaking businesses will be part of the state's decision-making process and of our THC and CBD future. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. It was my pleasure. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Travis DeYoung, founder of Cajun Cannabis, and Dr. Chad Rossiter, founder of Total Health Clinic. You can find out more about THC and Cajun Cannabis by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morrell. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsacadiana.com and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify. And you can find all of our podcasts on itsacadiana.com. You can also keep up with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You'll find those links on our website, itsacadiana.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live at Chopsticks Restaurant in Lafayette, where East meets Southwest. Authentic Chinese cuisine prepared with fresh local ingredients. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur, Nice Guy, is written by Mitchell Foreman and performed by Mitchell Foreman and Andre Michaud. Out to Lunch Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana and Destin Ortego from The Opportunity Machine. 
Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from the Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Cali's Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.